Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Well, let's pray and jump into the Word. Father, thank you for your holy, written, inspired, living, active Word. We pray that as we read these words today, that by the Holy Spirit, you will customize and personalize these words to each of us so that each of us will hear what we need to hear from you. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning. (laughs) Interesting. He starts his gospel just like the whole Bible starts. The whole Bible says in Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Notice John is going to get into creation too, but he doesn't say in the beginning, God. He says in the beginning was the word. And here in the New King James, it has capital W. In the beginning was the word, because this is talking about Jesus. He is the word of God. Watch. In the beginning was the word, and the Word was with God. Jesus was with God the Father. And the Word was God. Now, I mean, from verse 1, from the very beginning. Of course, John didn't write in chapters and verses. He just wrote. And the chapters and chapter and verse numbers were added later. But from the very beginning, John is saying, let me tell you who this guy is. I'm not going to start in Bethlehem with him being born as a baby because that's not where his life started. He is eternal God. He has been in existence for eternity past. And John just wants everybody to realize who this is that we're talking about. He did not start in Bethlehem. This is God. He is the word of God. And so he's bringing out things that we have to stop and explain now that God is one God, but three persons, three persons in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And John is saying, let me tell you, this is the gospel. This is about Jesus, but he calls him the word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, the Father is God. The Son is God. The Holy Spirit is God. Together, they are God. One God, see? And so somebody said, well, I don't understand that. Well, guess what? You don't have to understand how electricity works to believe it works and to believe it exists. And we don't have to understand exactly how the triune God works or functions or exists. But what we should believe and be confident of is he does exist. And he exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Notice the beginning of verse 2. He, oh, so first he called Jesus the three times the Word. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then in verse 2, he. So it clarifies that when he's talking about the Word, which sounds like something inanimate, Now he says he. So the word is a he. He was in the beginning with God. And then verse 3, all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. So John is clarifying from the beginning of his gospel. I want you to know who this Jesus Christ is. He is creator God, along with father God. He's from the beginning. He was before all things existed. So John is 
speaking to his deity, speaking to his godhood, and saying, this is the one who came to save us. We have to understand who this is, and you can see the heart of John saying, you may not have caught it in the other Gospels, but let me just clarify who this is. Okay, verse 4. In him, in Jesus, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. See, John's bringing out these deep theological truths, but in just common language, in him was life. In other words, he wasn't a normal human being. He has that eternal life of God in him. He was born sinless, and in him was the eternal life. He, Even though he took on human flesh, he was God inside. See? And so in him was life. And listen to this. And the life, or we could say it like this, the life of God was the light of men. What does that mean? Well, you could walk into an extremely dark house. I mean, zero light whatsoever. There's furniture around. You can't see a doggone thing. And if you try to walk across the room, you could stub your toe or worse, right? When you flip on the light, all of a sudden, everything that is in existence, you can see it. You can navigate. Well, the darkness in the minds of man here on this earth, the ignorance of reality of what's true and what's not true, what's accurate and what's uh, deception. That is so, everybody is so uh, dominated by that level of darkness and ignorance to reality. When Jesus came with eternal life from the beginning, from the creator, and he began to preach this truth, it brings the light to the whole situation. And so every human being can understand how to live, what to believe, what to depend on, and what definitely not to depend on. So John says, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. John is just saying, you have to understand who this is. This, this was the life of God in human form. And that life was the light that helps us to understand what reality is. Verse 5, And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Some translations say the darkness did not overcome it. The darkness of this world could not swallow up that light. That light was so pure and so bright and so clear that the darkness could not comprehend it. The darkness could not overcome it, could not stop this light because this light was coming from God himself. Verse six, there was a man, he's going to ch change gears here. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, of course, John's writing, but this is John the apostle writing, not John the Baptist. Now, John the apostle is going to talk about John the Baptist. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light. John the Baptist was not the light, that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, Jesus, which gives light to every man coming into the world. Oh, don't you see John saying, it's him. It, he is the Savior. He is the one who brings us life. He is the one who brings us light and understanding. Verse 10, he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. John is saying, this is astounding. 
The world was made by him. And here he is, the creator of all these things in the world that he made, and the world doesn't know who he is. Do you see how John, in the beginning of this gospel, is trying to set the stage and to help everybody to understand the context of who this person Jesus is? Verse 11, he came to his own. Who is that? That's the Jewish people, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He came to his own. So it's not just that he's coming to all the cultures of the world. Yes, he is coming to save them. But when he came, he came to Bethlehem. He came to Israel. He came to the Jewish people. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. This is sort of a, a general overview that John is giving at the beginning. His his own did not receive him, but as many as received him. And, of course, John writing is one of those uh, as many. As many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God. Notice, not just in covenant with God, not just saved by God, but a part of his family. To them, he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, what does that mean? You become an heir. You become a part of the inheritance of the creator God. See, John is saying, do you realize what this is all about? Do you realize what a a major significant uh, event this was? Well, let's just be honest. It is the event of all events. The Savior has come to the world. Changes everything. See, John, in the early part of his gospel, is trying to put this in perspective so that we all understand this is not just another point in history. This is the event of all events. God himself came to save us. Verse 13, all who believe in his name, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, born of God. Isn't this powerful? Verse 14, and this is how, I mean, if you didn't figure out that the word is talking about Jesus up until now, he cinches this up in verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word of God, who was with God from the beginning, became flesh. He became a human being. And of course, he was born not of Joseph and Mary, but he was born of a virgin so that that sin wouldn't pass down to him. And then he would be a true human being, but sinless to be able to be a substitute on the cross to pay for our sins. God is so smart. Oh, he had this all figured out. And it's taken us years, you know, to understand what God not only did, but what he wrote to clarify and to explain what he did. Verse 15, John bore witness of him, talking about John the Baptist. John, uh, who was Jesus' cousin, John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is is preferred before me, for he was before me. In other words, John said, This Jesus who is coming after me, he's existed from eternity past. So he was preaching that he was before him. Verse 16. And of his fullness, we have all received and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now, this is 
John the Apostle writing this, not part of the message of John the Baptist. Verse 18, no one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Now, he's not saying no one's seen Jesus. He's saying, Father God, nobody's seen him but Jesus, of course has been with God for eternity past. He has seen him, and he has declared him. Jesus came and declared the Father. And you remember how Jesus would always say, and we'll see it in this book, the works that I do are the Father's works. He was constantly wanting to connect us to the Father. Okay, verse 19. Now this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed, John the Baptist confessed, and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ, or I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, what then, are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He said. He answered, no. Then they said to him, who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent us? What do you say about yourself? He said, John the Baptist said, I am, and then he quotes the prophecy about himself, the voice of one crying in the wilderness makes straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now those who were sent were from the Pharisees, and they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize you with water, but there stands one among you. In other words, he's saying, I know he's already here. I know he's already among us. In fact, uh, it's likely that John uh, had heard from his mother about the story of Mary, who was their relative, who had been visited by the same angel Gabriel that John's father, Zacharias, was visited by. And he grew up hearing the story, your cousin, Jesus, he's the son of God. Now, whether he believed it all those years or not, I don't know. But it seems likely that John the Baptist knew this from his family growing up. So he says, there stands one among you, um, among you who, whom you do not know. It is he who coming after me is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. Listen to this. This is not something you normally say about your cousin. But John is clarifying, oh, this one that's going to start his ministry after I started my ministry, this one, I'm not even worthy to loosen his sandal strap. So we're talking about the apostle John writing this, but now we're reading from John the Baptist and what he said. And John the Baptist is saying, you have to understand who's coming after me. I mean, we, we don't even stand in the same class as the purity, the magnificence of this person. And of course, Isaiah prophesied that when he came, when you looked at his physical appearance, you wouldn't be impressed. He looked like a normal, if we could say it this way, a normal Jewish Middle Eastern person. He did not look impressive. He wasn't like more handsome than any other person on the earth. Nothing like that. He looked normal. But John the Baptist is saying, he's not. He's not. Verse 28, these things were done. The apostle John goes on to write, these things were done in Bethabara beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, 
the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Boy, right there, every Jewish person understood. That's Passover lamb. John the Baptist is saying that that man right there, whoever he is, is the Passover lamb, is, is the Messiah that was coming. Of course, the Jewish people didn't really understand that the Messiah was going to be crucified or killed at all. And so John is now saying that man right there is the Passover lamb. And so he says, behold, the lamb of God. Verse 30, this is he, he goes on to say, this is he of whom I said, after me comes a man who is preferred before me, for he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. So even though John the Baptist may have heard the story, see, it doesn't seem like he was confident or uh, sure that his cousin Jesus really was the son of God, but the Holy Spirit had made real, had made known to John the Baptist that God was going to show him this. And so watch this. He, he let John know, you're going to know who he is. Now watch this. And John bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and he remained on him. I did not know him, but he who sent me, listen to this, he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptized with, baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. So notice John was not convinced by the stories he had heard from his family. John was convinced because God who had sent him to his ministry to baptize said to him, the one that you see the Holy Spirit descending upon and remaining, that's the one. He's the Son of God. And so John saw that happen uh, after he baptized Jesus. He saw the Spirit of God. So now he's letting everybody know, that's him. I saw him. Well, we're going to find out later that John uh, began to doubt it when he was imprisoned because he didn't see Jesus fulfilling everything right away. So he began to doubt it, so he sent some disciples. We'll read about that later. But don't you just love this narrative? It's just raw. It's just real. It's, it's something that really happened. These human beings encountering Jesus and trying to do their best to write with the help of the Holy Spirit what it was like. Okay, I got to move quickly now. I spent a lot of time on these verses, but we got to wrap this up. Uh, verse 35, again, the next day, John, John the Baptist stood with two of his disciples and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, behold, the Lamb of God. Here's the second time he's clarifying that he's Passover lamb. Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, what do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to to say when translated teacher where are you staying he said to them come and see they came and saw where he was staying and remained with him that day now it was about the 10th hour about four in the afternoon verse 46 or verse 40 excuse me one of the two who heard john speak and followed him was was andrew simon peter's brother he first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now when 
Jesus looked at him. He said, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. Hey, I'm going to call you a, a stone. I'm going to call you Rocky, so to speak. Someone who's solid. I'm going to declare that and call you that. Verse uh, 43, the following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee and found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. This is a word of knowledge by the Holy Spirit. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you will see heaven open and angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Well, boy, that's, that's only chapter one of this powerful book of John. I hope you're already enjoying it, but walk with me all the way through this book. This is a precious gospel. And I want to ask you once again to invite others to read through this book, even today, to begin with us, this new book. Invite them to begin to read through this amazing and anointed gospel called the Gospel of John. We'll see you tomorrow for chapter two. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.